praise God. That was, let, me tr- let me try that again in a true African way. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> that does you good. I understand why you guys do that, eh? <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, it's just been amazing the last, um, well, I was going to say the last couple of days. It feels like we crammed two days into one day yesterday. We had an amazing time at the conference. And um, what we've tried to do, or what we're keen to do, is, um, is share stories about what God has done. And we know that God may have done some uh, internal stuff in us in terms of uh, sorting our heart or, or um, doing some shifts in the mind. It would be really good if you feel that God has done something in you in the sense of um, putting a deposit in your heart, we'd love to hear from you. If you feel that you have a new sense of authority and commission from God, and uh, confidence to step out in signs and wonders. We'd love to hear your story. If when we had that opportunity to pray uh, last night, and <laughs> Nat was hilarious last night, it was just fantastic evening, um, but we just had an opportunity to pray for um, one another. And, uh, and if, but if you've been touched in your body and you know that there has been some healing, some improvement, um, something has shifted, again, we would love to hear that. So please, Um, If I can ask you to email us that, we just want to be, it's just really good to hear it and then we can bring some stories back to us, okay? Because you may think, well, I need to check out what happened when I was prayed for. Um, Well, it's it's good, we'd love to check that out and then, um, yeah, and then share it. I'm just going to move that out of the way so I don't tread on it. There we go. So... um, yeah, so if you weren't at the conference, you missed a treat. In the sense of what we talked about, we've covered off things like the fact that we've been commissioned and we do have authority to carry the kingdom of God with us wherever we go. We looked at also things that sometimes stop us or block us from believing God or seeing some breakthrough, some heart issues. It was really, really good to do some work on our hearts yesterday. And then in the evening, we really sort of modelled what it was to, to pray for one another. We heard stories about what it could look like if we all moved in power. And it was great to hear stories from history, but also believe that God can change a city if, if 100 or so people are filled with power and authority and confidence and start moving in that power. Um, so the, the uh, talks will be online shortly. Um, in this last session, uh, what I want to talk to you about is... Uh, again, understanding what you have been given. It's ever so important, I feel, that we understand what we've been given when it comes to bringing the kingdom and moving in power. It's, uh, you know, it's not something you strive for, it's understanding what God has given you. So when Jesus said to Peter, uh, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth, will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be uh, loosed in heaven. He was saying he really does intend us to bring change. Change in, in our families, change in the communities we're part of, change in the workplace. He intends to bring change. He intends to bring uh, change on the earth. In other words, he's given us authority to bind, as he says, or to forbid some things, as well as authority to loose or permit other things. That's what he's given us to do. 
And he said, whatever you uh, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Uh, whatever loose will be loosed. And when he said, it will, this will happen, what he was saying was this, is we have been given authority to speak out things on earth and see, uh, he's given us the keys for that. And, but as we speak out on earth, heaven will respond and act. That sounds pretty awesome. That sounds amazing sort of authority. Now, some translations also put it as, uh, you know, whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. I think that is also, it works. In other words, we have authority, as Jesus did, to declare on earth what he saw the Father had already done in heaven. Either way, it works. That sounds like real clout and authority. And I believe that's what Jesus has been talking to us about. We really do have clout and authority. The name of Jesus we've been singing about this morning, there is no other name that is higher than the name of Jesus. And he has given us authority in his name. And we carry his name. And we pray in the name of Jesus. And we lay hands on people out of love and compassion in the name of Jesus. We carry the highest name. We've been given authority. In Luke 12, uh, Jesus said that, uh, you know, don't be afraid, little flock, uh, for the Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And we need to understand, you know, sometimes we feel daunted by it. Sometimes we can think, oh, you know, uh, really, is God going to use me? We can feel that maybe uh, that sense of responsibility, really, is that what God's wanting to do to give us the kingdom, to bring the kingdom? We can feel unworthy of the task. We can write ourselves off. We can feel afraid, intimidated. Maybe people will reject us. And so we can back off from this high calling, the Father's pleasure. It gives him delight. He doesn't want us to step back. He doesn't want us to leave it to others. He wants us to know, no, the Father's pleased to give you the kingdom, to, you, to give you the ability to bring his rule into different situations and to bring change. So Jesus tells us not to be afraid. He tells us to move out. It's his pleasure to give us authority. So it's important for us to understand what we've been given. And I believe what I want to share with you this morning is a very familiar story, but it's, it's um, the story of the prodigal son. And there are three things that the father gives to the son as he comes home. And there are three things that I think God wants to give us and cement in our hearts three things he has given us. That as we go out, it will help us move in power, knowing that we have authority and knowing who we are. The three things from this story. Three things that I believe will help us unlock the kingdom and see us move in increasing power. And God wants to understand what we've been given. So we're not coming pleading for something this morning. The story that Jesus told tells us something that God has done for us. As we come to Christ, he's given us things. We need to understand what we carry, what the Father has given to us. You know, the story goes like this. The younger son wanders off, does his own thing, rejects his father's authority. Uh, he wastes his life. But it comes to a point where he realizes, I've wasted it, I've blown it, this is not what life's about. And so he turns around and he decides, I'm going to go home. 
I'm going to go back to my father. But as he's going, he realises he's filthy, he's full of shame, he doesn't feel worthy, he's in rags, he's lost his shoes, you know, he's just, he's just, he just feels full of, I can't do this. Am I worth anything? You see, all he can hope for as he goes home, he thinks, if I go to my father's house, I'll get a roof over my head, I'll get food in my stomach, and maybe a place to sleep. And that's all he could expect. He said, the least I can expect, or the most I can expect, is maybe I'll be a servant in the house. Maybe I'll have in the outhouse and sleep out there. But I'll go to my father, but I will... He only had limited expectations of what the father was going to give to him. He'd written himself off. His past surely wrote him off and said, I can't, I, I can't be useful. I can't be part of the family again. And I know that maybe some of you, I know in my own life, I've had to battle with that whole thing of what do you do with the junk that's behind you? And battled with that whole sense of unworthiness. Sometimes we call it orphan-spiritedness. When we're always looking for approval, we're trying to uh, have uh, people favour us. We're trying to gain what we can. We try to provide for ourselves. We're not acting as sons at all, but it's an orphan spiritedness. Maybe, you know, like me, I always had the sort of saved by the skin of my teeth type of mentality. You know, in the kingdom, but only just. You know, saved by the blood of Jesus, but wasn't sure that God loved me. And uh, sometimes we can come like that. This is how the son was. He was coming at home and just wondering, you know, was he going to be accepted? Had he blown it beyond being able to be useful in the family again? Was he just going to be a servant? Listen, wherever we are and whatever our journey, God wants us to know this, that he does not want us to receive his son back as a servant. He doesn't want us to come back head down and dejected. Wherever we are today, I really do believe this, that God wants to restore sonship to us. That we really understand who we are because everything flows from it. Everything flows from it. You see, the son... The son's on his way home. The minute the father sees the son, the son runs down the path. The son's got his head down. The, son is right, the father's running to the son and he embraces him and the son starts blurting out, I'm not worthy. I'm less than a servant. I'm so sorry. I'm useless. I've made a mess of it. The father breaks in. He smothers that stuff. He said, I'm not having any of that. He embraces him. He kisses him. He hugs him. This is his son home again. It's huge. He says, no, I'm not having any of that sort of sense of lack of worth. No, this is my son. He's home again. And that's what God wants to do. I'll tell you this. I know from personal experience, I know many of you do, there's nothing quite like the embrace of the Father when you come home. That sense of you don't have to do anything. You know that you are loved. The embrace of the Father is huge and it's massive. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is the three things that the father gives to his son, the son that he embraces. Three things. The three things that the father gives to the son is he gives him a robe, he gives him shoes for his feet, 
and he puts a ring on his finger. And those three things, I think, are powerful things. Very powerful things. The first thing is that we need to understand God has given us a robe. He's given us a robe. It's like when I got saved, when I became a Christian, I was, I was really conscious of my unworthiness and my sin, and I really wanted Jesus' forgiveness. I knew I needed his forgiveness. And it's like I was glad to receive his forgiveness and also I understood the Bible teaches we have a robe of righteousness put on us and it's like I had this robe of righteousness, I was glad to be forgiven but every now and then I was kind of conscious if you open the robe, underneath I was ashamed of what I saw. Underneath I thought, it's dirty rags. And I hadn't fully understood what the Bible teaches because the Bible does not teach this, that when Jesus clothes you with a robe of righteousness, he puts it over the top of dirtiness and miss and shame. When Jesus comes, he comes and removes the shame. He comes and takes off the shame off of us, any guilt from the past. So my, I am totally clothed in his righteousness. He removes shame from me. He forgives me. I can't be cleaner than what he has made me. When I look underneath the robe of Christ, I find a cleansed soul and a cleansed heart. And so when the son comes home, the, the father puts a robe on him. He puts the robe on him. He takes the filthy rags off. He takes that off because he says, I'm not having a dirty, a dirty someone who just feels that they're just so dirty. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to clean you, cleanse you and I'm going to put a robe on you. He puts a robe on us. have no idea where we are with this. But anyway, I've been clothed with Christ as well. You see, my shame has gone. My failure has gone. My past is the past and it's been washed clean. And Jesus provides me with a robe of righteousness. Not to cover my shame. No, he removes my shame. And now before God, I am right in his sight. You see, the son comes home and he gets a robe. And it says that he gives him the best robe. That robe was reserved for the, 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 uh, the firstborn. It was the best robe. It's a bit like the Old Testament story of, of Joseph with the coat of many colours. And, uh, you know, that, that sense of it was a robe that showed the father loved him, that he was special. No wonder maybe the older son got a bit grumpy because the older son maybe should have felt that he needed the robe. But no, this lost, broken, messed up son comes home and the father takes the robe, the robe of the firstborn, the robe of the inheritor and says, you are my son. Jesus has clothed us with his righteousness. You and I, we are thoroughly clean in God's sight when we come to Jesus. And we need to understand when God restores us in his house, he clothes us in his righteousness completely and utterly. Hallelujah. I've been clothed with Christ. Listen, I just want you to, right now, let's minister this, eh? Stand up where you are. Stand up and close your eyes. Because today, God is wanting to give you a robe. And he's going to walk around this room right now. And he comes right now to remove from you shame.
and he takes it off of you. He's not going to cover it up. He's removing shame from you. He's removing any sense of unworthiness. Any sense of, I cannot be qualified to be a son in the house. And he removes it from you right now. And he cleanses you and forgives you. Listen, if you don't yet know Jesus and you know you need his forgiveness, just feel the Father coming to you now and he offers to strip you of your shame, strip you of your sin and cleanse you. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for all of us that we could be clean. Receive the forgiveness of the Father. Just receive it. And now he gives you a robe. He's wrapping a robe around you. Wrapping a robe around you. You are his delight. He loves you. You are his inheritance. And he is your inheritance. And he wraps the robe around you. Hallelujah. Some of you are actually physically feeling that. You're knowing that. Wear the robe with dignity, God says. Wear the robe with dignity. Know that you do not walk around with your head in shame. It's not locked down in shame, but you are walking in dignity. You are royalty, and I've given you a robe. When I look on you, I see my son. I see my daughter, and I see the perfection of Jesus all over you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God gives us a robe. So why don't you sit down now? We're going to keep soaking in God's presence and enjoying him today. The second thing that the father does when the son comes home is he gives him a pair of shoes. You need to understand what you've been given. He's given you a robe. He deals with your uncleanness. He puts a robe of righteousness on you. He clothes you in Christ. Then he gives you shoes. What an odd thing to do. Listen, my story again when I became a Christian was this. I didn't realise what it fully meant to be a Christian. Maybe I'm still on that journey even now. And it's okay to be a learner all the time. Disciples are those who learn and follow. But I didn't know what it fully meant. Looking back, I reckon I was more of an orphan than a son. A bit like the prodigal son. And he came home barefooted. (laughs) And uh, he'd run out, he was in rags. I didn't feel worthy of a welcome when I became a Christian. I didn't feel worthy of it. In fact, many of us don't when we come to Jesus. We don't feel worthy of a welcome. But I tell you what you do get. You get a welcome, all right. You get a welcome. You get an embrace from the Father. You see, I expected to be a servant at best. And in the culture of the day, if you were a servant or a slave, you were barefooted. The significance of the shoes is this, that only if you're a member of the household you get shoes. Only if you're a son or a daughter do you have shoes. It's a, it's a statement of your, uh, your position in the family, a statement of your identity. When the father says to the son, son, I'm putting a robe on you, it's covering that shame, it's getting rid of the shame, then he puts shoes on his feet. Why? Because he says, you are a son. There is no way that I'm having you as a slave or a servant in my household. You're not in the outhouse, you're a son. You have shoes on your feet. So shoes speak of sonship. Shoes speak of you've got position, this is who you are. It also speaks of a sense of, let's just put these up, I keep forgetting where we are on that. But um, 
uh, it also speaks of, um, in that culture again, you would put your shoes on when you were ready to do something. So like a soldier going to battle would have shoes on. There's no way you'd go barefooted into battle. And also when you went, a farmer went out to work, you, you put shoes on. You didn't go to work barefooted. So there's a, a double sense in the shoes of the father giving us shoes is this. That one, you're a son. But the second thing is this. You are not, you are not useless. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose to include you. He, it's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you that sense of, you know, welcome home. You're, yeah, but he refuses to call you a servant. He refuses to do that. He speaks of you as a son. You're not useless anymore. You've got a part to play. You've got a position in the house, is what he's saying. You've got a purpose. You're family. We need to understand we're family. We need to understand this is who God has made us to be. Sons and daughters in the household. I just wondered if we can just pray for a moment. Just sit where you are. Close your eyes where you are. Because the Father wants to come and put shoes on our feet this morning. Amen. And you know the wonderful thing when Jesus came and the last supper he washed the disciples' feet. He only did what he saw the Father doing. And I really sense we come barefooted to him today and the Father comes and he washes our feet. He washes our feet. He takes a towel, wraps it around himself, he washes our feet. Because he removes the fear of what are others going to think of me? He removes that sense of what if I'm rejected? He removes that orphan spiritedness. And the Father comes and fits you with shoes. He puts shoes on your feet. You're a son. You're my daughter. I'm equipping you. You belong. You're part of the family. I have a purpose for you. My will and purpose is you bring my kingdom rule wherever you go. And I fit you with shoes. I put shoes on you. I want you to stand with dignity. I want you to stand and know who you are in me. I don't want you to go barefooted. I don't want you to think like a servant. I want you to think like a son and like a daughter. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just allow the Father to minister to you. Hallelujah. He gives us a robe. He gives us shoes. The third thing that the Father gives to the son is a ring. Now, you might say fancy bit of jewellery, probably uh, more like a signet ring. He gives his son a signet ring. What does that mean? I mean, we may, my dad's got a signet ring. It actually means nothing, really. It just means he's got his little initials on it. It doesn't do anything. But back in the day, a signet ring was a sign of authority. It was a sign that actually, you know, you haven't just, you know, this son hadn't just been cleaned up. He hadn't just got a robe on. He hadn't just got shoes on his feet. The father says, I am giving you a ring of authority. In other words, son, you are so fully reinstated into the family, you can do the father's business on my behalf. You can carry, you carry my authority. 
It's a bit like when Joseph, uh, the Old Testament character Joseph, went into Egypt as a, as a slave, and then uh, Pharaoh got him out of, of jail and then put a ring on his finger. It was a ring of authority. It was a ring that he could act on the king's behalf. And the, and the, and the son comes home expecting not much. And what he gets is a robe and shoes and he gets the ring. He gets a ring. In other words, his father says, There's no, you are fully reinstated into the family business. I intend you to bring the kingdom. I intend you to do transactions on my behalf. I've probably forgotten that as well, haven't I? There we go. Let's just put them all up and then I can forget it. <laughs> You see, he gives us a ring of authority. Jesus has given us authority. He said all authority has been given to him. We looked at yesterday that all sickness was subject to him. And then he gave his disciples and us all authority over sickness and over every work of the devil. We have authority over the enemy and over sickness. You carry it. I carry it. And the Father wants us to understand what we have. We don't walk in shame and unworthiness. We have a robe of righteousness on us. We don't walk barefooted and in tatters. We have shoes on our feet. We don't walk with no authority and just sort of, you know, he gives us power and authority to act on his behalf and to bring his love to people. I've heard stories this week of someone who uh, prayed with a relative of theirs. And it was just the, as, as they prayed, tears came streaming down their face. I thought, that's what the authority of the kingdom looks like. It's kindness, it's compassion, it's being able to move into a situation, lay hands on someone, it's to embrace someone. That's what kingdom authority looks like. Actually, the king, in all his splendor, does look like a servant. And sons are at their best when they serve. Kingdom authority has been given to us. You know, not only do we have authority to bring the kingdom wherever we go in our workplaces, and we've been encouraged over the last day or so to have courage again to go in our workplaces and our communities to see the kingdom of God come. We have authority to act in the name of Jesus. Jesus said he was about his father's business, so are we. We're not playing at this. This is literally what Jesus meant when he says, you bring the rule of Jesus wherever you go. He gives us a ring. Not only does he give us a ring for authority, it's a ring for representation. It's like an ambassador represents the king. We can represent the king wherever we go. We're, we act on his behalf. We live under his rule, but we're in a foreign territory. But we're looking to bring his influence into new territory. And get this, servants don't represent the father. Servants don't look like the father. Sons do, daughters do. And that's why I believe when Jesus, it says of Jesus, it says, um, uh, it says in, the last, or in, the, in the past God's spoken by prophets and his servants, but in these last days he's spoken through his son. Why? Because God wanted to reveal his father's heart to the world. He came in the form of his son because his son looks like the father. Now he wants us not to go back to servanthood, but also to represent the father because we are sons. We have the ring. We are ambassadors. We represent Jesus 
Every time we go into a situation and lay our hands on someone or uh, uh, pray for them or just show compassion for them, we are bringing the kingdom of God. We do it in the name of Jesus. I tell you, it's not, it's not about shouting and ranting and raving. Authority is not about that. Jesus didn't raise his voice it says, you know, he was tender with people. He was like, you know, a bruised reed he would not break. He was a compassion, full of compassion. He had the authority of heaven. And sickness fleed. And people were set free from demonic oppression. There was a love. There was a passion that drove him. That's the sort of authority we carry. You don't have to be something else. You don't have to shout. You see, but listen, what if you step out and nothing happens? That's scary, eh? Now listen, I want to tell you this. Satan loves to cripple us with what-ifs. What if nothing happens? You can actually get through your life and do nothing if you live off the what-ifs. I want to tell you about another what-if. What if God's kingdom breaks out when you step out? What about that? What about that when you step out? And we can sort of be crippled by this whole what-if thing. I think, you know, now why aren't some people healed when we pray? I don't know. Listen, we talked a little bit about it. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. But we are told, I, you know, I can't back off of this. I really can't back off from this. I believe Jesus has given us authority to bring the kingdom. That's what the Bible teaches. We've been commissioned to bring a gospel that brings healing as well as salvation. We've been given authority to heal the sick in the same way that Jesus did. I loved it yesterday when Jeff came in and shared his story and said about, um, you know, Jesus said, Those, anyone who believes in me will be doing the same things that I do and greater things. And we sometimes try and speculate about the greater things. He said, well, let's, <laughs> let's try and get up to speed with Jesus and do the stuff he did first, which I think was, was very, very telling. Look, I believe that that's what we should um, do. I heard this example, actually, from Simon Holly um, of, um, you know, when he's made a promise to his son and his son feels like the promise isn't coming good. And, uh, you know, disappointment can set in. He says, what does his son do? He comes and goes and says to him, Dad, you said. And it's not necessarily an arrogant or an angry thing at all. He's just going, Dad, you promised. You've said this. I trust you. It's in your character to do it. And I think the father wants to see his sons actually coming to him and going, Dad, you said, you promised the breakthrough. You promised that we'd move in power. You promised we'd do it. Dad, you said, come and bring your glory. And I think that's part of the way we move in authority. Dad, you gave me the ring. Dad, you've given me authority. I want to see it. I want to move in it. Help me step out in it. Give me courage for it. He wants us to move in sonship. Let's, him, let, let's, let's, um, let's him minister to us now. He wants to give us a ring. You've got a robe. You've got shoes. Let's close our eyes. See what the Father wants to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wow. Tell you what he wants to do, he wants to remove right now, he wants to remove the fear of failure. He wants to lift it off of you. A crippling fear of the what ifs that mean you do nothing at all. He lifts it off of you.
He lifts it off of you. He takes your hand. Just let him do that now. Doesn't matter whether it's right hand or left hand. Just give him your hand. He takes your hand and he puts a ring of authority on you. It's a signet ring. It carries his name. It carries his authority. And he gives it to you now. He places it on your finger because he has every intention for you to use it. Every intention for you to use it. That's why he's given it to you. Hallelujah. You see, we minister. We minister from a place of being secure in our new identity as sons with the shoes on our feet. We minister not out of a sense of striving to win God's favour, but we, win, we, we come out of a, a sense of being accepted. And at this point here, we minister also out of that quiet place of authority, of peace, of rest, no striving. We carry authority. See, I believe God is restoring us to sonship. I felt a while back when God was messing with our hearts about the story of the prodigal son and the older brother, I knew there was something in the gifts that the father gave. I didn't know, but I did very clearly feel that God said, well, these are three things I want my people to carry and to carry with dignity. Because it's only sons who stand in authority, who know that they're not hanging their head in shame. It's sons who wear the ring that will move in power. It's those sons that will move in authority. It's those sons that will make a change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you for what you're doing with us today. We want to thank you so much for what you've been placing in us these days. And we just want to say yes to you. We want to say thank you, Father. Thank you for all the stuff you remove off of us. Wow. Thank you, Father. We don't have to carry junk or shame or failure. Thank you at the worst, the lowest point of the sun, the Father restored him. This fully restored him. Fully restored. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you. You have every intention of using us. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. Right where you are, just, why don't you just, just sit in his presence. You may want to lift your hands. I sense God's presence is really here. God has done some things in us today. And, um, wow. Just as you do, listen, I, last night, um, Nat, wrapped up right at the end with the whole thing of words of knowledge. You didn't have a lot of time to teach into it. I'm not going to teach into it now. But listen, the Father has put shoes on you. He's put a ring on your finger. He's put, he's put a robe on you. We're going to ask him to give us words of knowledge right now because he wants you and me to operate in the power of the kingdom. Because if God gives us words of knowledge, 
that will point to the direction that God wants to bring healing. So just right now, Father, we listen to you. What is it you want to do with us this morning? In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And now, I know you had one or two words. Do you want to come up and share those? This is just to trigger things off. I honestly believe that you will receive from God. Is anyone receiving words of knowledge right now? Who's heard God speak to them? You heard anything yet? Okay. Marianne, you have. That's good. Anyone else? Minnie, fantastic. Great. Anyone else? Let's just keep in this atmosphere of hearing God. We're going to hear God. Hmm? Should we do that? All right then. We'll do that first. Go on, Marianne. Yeah. Well, um, I think me and many of us are living example of that God's truth because I became Christian at 20 November 1975 and I'm still dynamite because of Him, not because of me. It's because of Him, so it's His mercy on me. And the word, the word was, I, I kept thinking of the song many know about us, um, uh, about I am covered over with the precious, uh, with, the, with the rope of righteousness that Jesus gives me. When we hear this, this word today, I was thinking of, it doesn't let us off the hook of not confessing our sins. So there are some people here who maybe need to confess a deep thing in there, because if you don't confess, it's not in the light. <laughs> and only the light can break the darkness. So, Thank you, Jesus. But what you've been talking today, it doesn't let you off the hook, oh cool, I'm covered over. Yeah. Ready? Yes, of course, you are. When you confess your sins, you are forgiven. But it doesn't mean that you could cover it up because it will follow you. So find someone in the fellowship whom you trust and, uh, and to, to, to confess this thing Thank and let it, that, that, that the ties of Satan can be broken. Yes. But apart from that, um, yes, we are covered good. over. Shall I sing that song? Shall we sing Thank it together? I am covered over with a rope of righteousness, my Father's gifts to me, gifts to me. I am covered over with the precious blood of Jesus, and He lives in me, He lives in me. What the joy it is to know my Heavenly Father loves me so and gives to me, my Jesus. When he looks at me, he sees not what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, I'm not going to sing mine, but um, I just, it's funny because when we were um, talking about the shoes, I had a clear picture that God was putting like sparkly high-heeled shoes on me and I just saw that picture but I felt like there might be someone and God gave you running shoes and you were like but I don't run I can't run so I don't know if there's anyone that got running shoes but just thought but I can't run and that might be linked to something that is needs healing me. Yeah. Thank you. Go yeah. 
Cool. I had a picture this morning of uh, someone who had pain in kind of the top of their spine. Um, maybe from an accident, maybe not, but it's sort of like going up, up their spine to the neck and then kind of branching off, sort of like a spider's web into their sort of shoulder area. Um, so I'd love to pray with someone if that relates or, um, yeah. And I also had um, like banded headaches across the front of the head or around the head. Now I know my dad's got that, so maybe it's your day. I'd love to pray with you, but there might be other people too um, who just have that problem of headaches and just right across. So, yeah. I'll just say, as we were hearing earlier, when um, Phil mentioned the word orphan, uh, I just felt there are maybe one or two here who, when that was said, you felt really on your own, really orphan-like. And, and that's, that's not to do with age. I'm an orphan in the sense that my parents are gone. So it, you can be an older person even, and suddenly you're aware that inside you're still a child. That doesn't change. And so you can feel an orphan. I, I felt there were one or two here particularly who think, that is me, I feel alone, I am detached from God, and I am lost. I felt that word. Now that may be too much for public, but, but maybe you could tap me on the shoulder afterwards. I'd love to pray with you. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just wait for a bit. Is there anyone else? Got words? Yeah? Call it out from where you are. Just use a big voice. That would be great. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just thought it make it quicker, easier for you. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> um, last night when we were praying about the rocks, I think Maggie mentioned obstacles and rocks down in the water. But when I began to pray, I began to pray in the power of God, his overcoming power. And it was this, that he's the rock, Christ is our rock. And so if there are obstacles, or if we have obstacles in our lives, the thing is to point, look up to the Lord, or focus on the Lord because he's the rock. And then we can plant our feet on the solid foundation because he's the foundation, he's the rock of our foundation. And he's the rock, you know, that we have in our lives. He's a solid rock and the only true rock. So that's, you know, the word of encouragement leading off from what Matt brought up, Matt brought up last night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. See, when um, God brings these words, he's identifying people. And as we've said, some of these are actually very personal words. So we're not going to go, hey, shoot your hand up for that one because sometimes God just wants to deal with us and we just give space for that. If you want to tap someone on the shoulder or maybe the person who brought the word, you may want to pray for them. Um, some of the other words, um, say the words of knowledge for healing and that, is anyone responding to that back pain and the, and the pain on the head? Back pain, okay. Anyone else with back pain? Back pain, okay. Back pain, back pain. Anymore, it feels like an auction here, doesn't it? Really, anyone else? <laughs> so, right, there are four people here we're going to pray for. And who's going to do it? It's sons and daughters who carry authority. Who are going to do it? Okay? So we've got back pains. All right, remember who you are. You're going to be standing in a minute, and people around you are going to come and pray for you with the authority that Jesus gives. What about the headache? 
the headache, the bend. I don't know what you call it. That was a word of knowledge. Yeah. You're his son. You know him. No, no, that's right. Is there anyone else also with headaches? Headaches. Any more? There's three. It's not auction time, but it feels like it. Anyone else? Okay. All right. Now, what about the, the running shoes? Does anyone get that thing of running shoes? Did anyone have that picture of running shoes and wonder what that was about? Okay. It'd be really awesome if maybe Minnie could pray with you. It'll still be good to pray for your friend, actually. Pray for Viva. It'll be good for somebody to pray with you for Viva for further breakthrough there. Anyone else with the running shoes? Cool. Okay. All right. Listen, what we're going to do now is we're going to... Um, let everyone who um, responded to those words, stand up. Those of you with the back pain and anything else that, and maybe, I'm not going to call out all of the words because some of them are very personal, but if you want to receive prayer for something that's been mentioned today and you think that's me, I need God to break in here, just stand up where you are and we'd love to minister to you. I'm going to pray a general prayer, but I would ask you now, if you're around, if there's two or three around you, if you're two separate things, you know, two separate pains, uh, you know, I would say gather around each one, okay? So if, if people around can start to gather around them, remember we're not petitioning, we're not asking if it's God's will, we are using the authority that Jesus has given us and we're speaking to these conditions to get in line with the kingdom of God. We're speaking with tenderness, with compassion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your power here. We thank you for your love. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came and ministered power. We thank you that you came and ministered love. You came and showed us the Father's heart. And we speak out against all pain in Jesus' name and say, be gone now in the name of Jesus. Headaches, you shift now in the name of Jesus. And backs, you get into alignment things that have been locked, things that are causing pain, move now and get right. Strengthen muscles that need to be strengthened. We're praying now for a shift to happen in you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now in your groups, you pray with authority and minister the love of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can do that. Oh, Ned. 
Yeah, don't forget your word. That's right, yeah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Listen, we're going to close in a few minutes. You carry on praying where you are. Is there anyone else here who wants to receive prayer for anything? Anyone want to receive prayer for anything else? It can be. In fact, I felt earlier on, I felt this whole thing of when we prayed about the robe, that maybe there was someone here who felt, I really want the robe. I want the robe. I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to repent of my sins. I want to follow him. I want to receive that robe. I want to, receive, I want to come into the family. If that's you, just signify to a friend near you. We can pray with you. If you want to come and see me afterwards, that's absolutely fine as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.